This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Mutation. It is the key to our evolution. It has enabled us to evolve from a single-celled organism into the dominant species on the planet. This process is slow, normally taking thousands and thousands of years. But every few hundred millennia, evolution leaps forward. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast devoted to discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol. We are back this week. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I am joined by my co-host and good friend, Chris Bruffett. Chris, you're here in person. Live in Stereo. It's it's crazy. We haven't done a podcast in person in a long time. And what's really interesting is we were not planning on doing this particular show, but we think it's really important because we are a Marvel show. We talk about comics and the MCU a lot, Chris. Well, yeah. I mean, Atomic Mass is really focused on these more visible characters to launch the game in the first year going into year two. And so it makes sense that with the Marvel license comes kind of this package deal we've got the mcu in full effect right we do and something we've been excited about for a long time is these shows like the falcon and winter soldier wandavision loki we've we've been talking about these for some time how they're going to open the mcu in more interesting ways they're they're going to break away from that formulaic movie structure and kind of really dig into things like shows like the mandalorian have done and it turns out chris we got brand new news about all the new Marvel content coming because Disney had their jam-packed investor day and they talked about everything coming out over the next five years. And man, we've got a lot. We've got 10 new Marvel series and a lot of announcements of movies as well. So we're going to talk about the series first because we know the most about those. And then we're going to talk about the movies that were announced, but we're just going to get right into it guys, because we're not doing a character today. We're not doing an MCP deep dive. We're not doing a lore deep dive. We are just discussing all this news, you know, our initial thoughts on it. It's going to be really fun, really interesting. And hopefully, you know, you get some of our takes on this going forward. So of course, Chris, starting with WandaVision, we got the final trailer for WandaVision. That's trailer number two, if you want to watch it. But of course they, you know, just talked a little bit more about WandaVision, how it's going to kick all of this off on January 15th on Disney+. Plus. Like I said, it's going to come out every Friday, just like The Mandalorian, till the middle of February. Yeah, this is great. The trailer looks trippy. It looks wild. It looks really fun. And this was kind of their way of introducing what this new season of Marvel is going to look like. And they did specifically mention, Chris, with WandaVision, that it will tie into the 2022 Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness directed by none other than Sam Raimi of Evil Dead fame and Spider-Man movies fame. I have so many questions about what they're going to do here. Tile this together. How they're going to tie it together. Are we going to see Viv created here? Right. Are we going to bring that aspect of the comics into the MCU? It seems like if you go down this list of announcements that there's a high probability that we're going to get Viv That's true. based on some of these other announcements we've gotten with I mean, we'll get there, but, you know, with Ironheart, with Miss Marvel, right? they're kind of throwing these next generation heroes, these all new, all different heroes out there early. I really like it. Yeah. I love it. They're opening up the multiverse too, which I think is going to lead to a lot of interesting 
ideas and discussions that Chris and I have had off mic and partially in the After Dark series about what's going to happen with the future of Spider-Man and many other things. And I think WandaVision is their way, Chris, to explain to audiences this multiverse idea, this sort of the Marvel universe is even crazier than we think. There's many universes out there. This is maybe how we get things like Miles Morales in the future. Maybe they're introducing all this through this WandaVision series. And then, of course, I keep harping on it. And you know I'm excited about Chris, but WandaVision, I'm just excited about the prospect of them telling a narrative story through a show that's based around sitcoms and dramas of the eras. And they continue to move through the show through the eras. And Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen talked about how surreal it was filming on these sets that were the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. And they were using technology from these eras too to simulate these type of shows and movies from these eras to even not only get them more into character, but to show the viewer, us, a visual style from these eras and, you know, those classic 50s sets and things like that. Just all these things. The attention to detail is nice and it's going to kind of change our perspective, I think, on what the MCU looks like. Because the MCU always films a certain way, always has certain music, always has reoccurring characters, all these things. And I think they're trying to break the mold. And what a better way to start with WandaVision because turns out there's stuff coming up that we're going to need to have the mold broken to get to. Well, and let's just get into one of those announced that we're going to need the mold broken for, and that's Loki. That's right. Of course, it's coming in May 2021 to Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Tom Hiddleston reprises his role as Loki. The trailer in this, I, I just have no idea what's going on. Well, we did see the beginning of this trailer, which was interesting. Fans had a theory for a long time that that scene that we got in Endgame where Loki from Avengers 1 escapes with the Tesseract because of what the characters in Endgame do to you know retrieve the stone and he just straight escapes. So now we've kind of subverted Loki dying in Infinity War for his brother and for his people to Thanos. We've subverted that. Interestingly enough, Chris, I was thinking about this from a character perspective. We have kind of more the old Loki. We have the Loki before he went through some of the stuff he went through with his brother and Thor Ragnarok and stuff where they truly bond even more and all this stuff. We have Loki from Avengers 1. But moving forward, what does this mean? Yeah, you're right. It looks crazy. We've got multiverse looking stuff. We got time travel looking stuff. Yeah, I just don't know what way they're going to take it. It seems like he's going to be working with some kind of agency that right. sets the timeline right or something to that effect. Could be very cool. They could introduce a lot of things through this. A lot of concepts. This could lead to a lot of movies or it could just be, you know, its own thing. Who knows? That's part of the fun of all of this is not knowing where it's going to lead. That's part of the fun that the whole Star Wars media resonance is having right now, too. Not knowing what's coming next. That's right. And if I could give this a Owen Wilson, wow, I would, because Owen Wilson coming to the MCU in this form, mysterious new character, maybe part of this time universe timeline crew, whatever we want to call it. Time will tell. We'll see what he actually role he plays. But Owen Wilson being this is absolutely wonderful. Him coming to the MCU in some ways, great. I can't wait for this, Chris. This is the show I've been looking forward to the most for a long time. I've been trying to temper it because it's further back. And I do think it's interesting that this show will come out before Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I really do think WandaVision, this Loki show, and the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, and probably into the Spider-Verse 2, 
are all going to connect in interesting ways. And I think that's really cool. I think it's going to set up new stories, but we got to move on because there's a lot to get through. So we did finally get a trailer for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So this is the show that Chris and I have both been a little bit less interested in than the others, but still very interested. I'm very interested to see Bucky and Sam kind of both sharing the mantle of Cap, even though if clearly Sam is going to fully take it on, I'm assuming by the end of the show become the new Captain America, we will see. But Chris, what do you think about this trailer? I mean, it really seems more like a Winter Soldier type show, more of that spy, James Bond type element, military element to the show. Yeah, very military operative feel. Heard a lot of speculative rumors about some of the things that are going to happen in this show. Probably shouldn't talk about them here, but you know, (laughs) could be very cool. I'm less interested in these characters overall. I will be watching the show and I'm hoping that the show changes my my mind and changes the way I feel about these guys. Not that I dislike them by any means. I'm just not excited about them. Well, and it's interesting because we've talked about if you you of course can revisit on, on our feed our Winter Soldier episode and obviously our Zemo episode. In this show, Helmut Zemo is going to be the main villain. They show very little of him in this trailer, and I think that's great. And they don't show him in the suit, which I think is even better. I want this reveal on the show. I'm really excited about Zemo in this show, Chris, because he played a major role in Civil War. He was triggering Bucky's initiatives to become this villain and all this stuff. I'm interested to see Sam and Bucky fight Zemo and how that looks in this show. Look, there's some really cool spy shows that I like quite a bit. I can see this becoming something I really enjoy. You just got to see what way they're going to take it. That's right, Chris. And the next show, something that was a curveball that we knew was coming because they announced it back in the summer, but now we've seen a trailer for it. Another show coming to summer 2021. So around the time that Loki's coming out, the tagline for it is space time reality. It's more than a linear path. This is the Marvel What If show, which is an animated show all about the concept what if, what it means for our characters in Marvel. What if Peggy became Captain America instead of Steve? What if T'Challa became Star-Lord instead of Peter Quill? There's crazy ideas here, and I love it. And the coolest thing that we gather from this trailer, Chris, is that all the actors are coming back to reprise their roles in voice work. This is something we've seen in the comics a lot. Marvel What If. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of Marvel What Ifs out there. There is. A ton of alternative stories, non-canon stories. So I think it's really great that they're kind of mirroring this with the MCU. It's going to allow creators to kind of play in the space without the constraints of canon to present some interesting things that could possibly lead to ideas becoming to canon. I mean, this is where we get things like Spider-Gwen is creators playing in space without constraints or with less constraints. Harley Quinn, of course, from DC was an original character for the DC animated series. That's right. We're going to see some original MCU characters sooner or later that are going to become very popular. It's going to happen. This show could be part of that. Yeah. And let's also talk about too, Chris, our guide through the show is the all seeing watcher voiced by Jeffrey Wright, who I just think is an incredible actor. I can't wait for him to play commissioner Gordon in the new Batman series, or probably actually detective Gordon at this point in the timeline, because it's early Batman and the new Batman movie. But yeah, I just think it's cool that we're going to get this kind of fun, well animated show free form. And we're going to see all this stuff and, you know, Peggy being captain Britain, really cool stuff. I, I can't wait to see more of it. And, you know, last shout out for me, which was super exciting for me, Chris, of course, 
I do own all of the Robert Kirkman Marvel Zombies. And, you know, Marvel Zombies, I was not expecting this to come to Disney Plus at all. It, at the very end, they show Bucky, basically maybe a Bucky Cap fighting Cap, who is a zombie Cap. So that's a call out straight to the Marvel Zombies, which is just a fun, quick series written by Robert Kirkman back in 2005. Interested to see what they do with this series. Time will tell. Time will sell. And that zombie cap is really iconic. That skull face and everything. It is. I'm more partial to werewolf cap, but that's just me. <laughs> that's good as well. So moving on, Chris, we got a sizzle reel, not a full trailer, but just a sizzle reel of Miss Marvel. And basically in this trailer, all they're talking about is how they took the care to cast a young teen girl to play Kamala Khan and they were excited to announce the show. It's also coming later in the year 2021. And they were just talking about how they got a lot of Arab and Muslim creators to come on and actually do this show representation. And also they talked about some of the powers of Miss Marvel, I think kind of introducing it to new viewers maybe that might not know who she is and kind of prepare for this show, prepare for this character. And also the show seemed more like a teen show, more akin to, you know, CW or Disney of old the disney channel i'm really excited for this show whether i become a big avid watcher or not it's more about the fact that they're looking towards the future to build young stars and yes build some of these younger characters for more long-form storytelling we could leg- legitimately see iman Vellani as kamala khan for the next 20 years yeah that's kind of exciting to me it, you know it could fall flat and not go that far but the idea that it takes off and and it kind of becomes that is really an exciting one to me. I'm also a big fan of Kamala Khan in the comics. I think she's a wonderful character. Yeah, a lot of people love her. Yeah, I just love the fact that they're breaking outside of the, you know, waspy kind of mold. It's and true. Nothing nothing wrong with being a wasp, but can't be the only point of view that we see. Yeah, and I think they made special care with this character, Chris, because it's almost like the Tom Holland thing they did where they cast a really young, eager guy to play Spider-Man. Iman is even younger than Tom was when he was cast as Spider-Man. So he's just now hitting his 20s. You know, he's got tons of Spider-Man ahead of him. She's even much younger than that. So they, they're really planning future term. And they even talked about she will appear in Captain Marvel 2. That'll be like one of her appearances in the actual film. So will it be before or after the show? Time will tell. We don't know. But they're really tying all this together. So moving on, we did get the full announcement, which I am super excited about because my wife is a huge fan of Orphan Black and the star of Orphan Black, as in the lead and pretty much all the other characters, because the show is about clones, basically. Tatiana Maslay will play She-Hulk, cousin of Bruce Banner. That's, of course, Jennifer. And they also announced with the She-Hulk show that Mark Ruffalo will be on the show as Hulk, and Tim Roth, who played the Abomination in the 2008 Hulk film, will come back and play Abomination. But yeah, Tatiana as Jennifer Walters. I am looking forward to this, Chris, because how good Daredevil was, all the lawyer stuff mixed with the superhero stuff. I'm hoping they can bring some of this to She-Hulk, but then we get a female perspective. We get a great actress doing it. We get Mark Ruffalo maybe as a mentor character. We get a lot of things. I love (laughs) She-Hulk. Yeah, we can't wait for her episode. It's coming up soon for us. Yes, it's going to be a lot of fun. And the Peter David She-Hulk run is is on my short list of comics I would really like to read. We talked about that in our Beast episode of the show. Yes, we did. This has the potential to be a slightly more mature title, I think. Mm, I think so, too. I I don't know that they're going to take it that way. This is, of course, speculation, but her story has a lot more sexual themes throughout comics and i think that it would be kind of cool for them to introduce a more 
adult-oriented show, media of some sort. I can see that. I think the success of Deadpool and Deadpool 2 has really shown that there's a market for that. Maybe, of course, this isn't going to be an irreverent comedy like well, Deadpool is, but... And Daredevil and Punisher are proof of that, too. I mean, these are mature, mature-rated shows. Right. With strong language, violence, and intense themes. And yeah, I, I feel like they could take that route with the She-Hulk show because bringing this full circle, Chris, Daredevil's rights have gone back to Marvel Disney from Netflix. Same with Iron Fist, Punisher, and of course, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. And there's actually been some really active petitions online, which I think are great to maintain all these actors, like maintain Charlie Cox as Daredevil, maintain Vincent D'Onofrio as the Kingpin. You have to maintain John Berthal as the Punisher. You have to. And I, I really hope Disney Marvel does that. And I really hope some of these characters show up in some of these shows because a lot of this is streetwise superheroes we've talked about. A lot of this is New York settings. So I'm interested to see the route they go. Do they bring Daredevil back to, do they bring other things back? Time will tell. Also, Chris, I will, I will announce that it was said, but not a super formal announcement, but it was pretty much, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, they have these like confirmations, but they're not from the company, you know, those type things. Oh, yeah. They, those things drive me crazy. But one of them recently was that Daredevil is going to make his first MCU appearance in Spider-Man three. That would be great. Daredevil and Spider-Man are often tied together definitely daredevil you know daredevil is the the devil of hell's kitchen and spider-man is kind of new york's superhero not just not just one borough not just one area so they've come into contact together a lot especially in some of each other's more famous runs i'm I'm thinking immediately of the bendis have to leave daredevil run with some Excellent issues with Spider-Man in it and that iconic cover. I love this. I hope Charlie comes back as Daredevil. They haven't made too many missteps as far as casting goes, so if they choose not to go that route, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt until they prove that they're not worthy of it. But until then, whatever they decide to do, I'm going to trust until it's proven to be a bad move. Well, and to go off of what you were saying earlier with Kamala Khan, I feel like most of these actors who played in Daredevil are pretty young, too, and I feel like they're really well cast. Just bringing, you know, Matt Murdock, Foggy, and Karen, just the lead three, let's just talk about that. And then, of course, Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. Just bring them straight into the MCU, I think, is a strong play because you could even treat it like a lot of the Star Wars things have treated in Mandalorian and stuff. It's like if you don't necessarily know the backstory of that show, that's okay because we just brought Daredevil, Kingpin, Foggy, whoever, into a main story. And then you'll see him again later, but it'll be something else. I'm completely okay with them recasting about 90% of these folks. I'm not. I'm invested. I'm okay if we get a new Foggy or better yet, maybe no Foggy at all. You gotta have Foggy, man. No, you don't. Secondly, it's like Genki for Miles. Like it's you gotta have that character to anchor. Can we get a different portrayal, please? (laughs) Oh man! And I mean, maybe we can bring back the same actor. I'm I don't know his name off the top of my head. Right. The actor that played Iron Fist showed that in season one, it was not a very fun portrayal of Danny Rand. No, that's why I'm not talking about Iron Fist. Season two was better. I never made it. The, I didn't the, make it, Chris. The Defenders miniseries was the best portrayal, and it was a different director. He also was surrounded by Jessica Jones and right. Matt Murdock and Luke Cage. And I think they're all great. The casting for all those characters. I was say, it's not necessarily the actor's faults if the director and the scriptwriters did not properly characterize the characters. And that is one thing I'm kind of excited about. I am sad to lose the Daredevil show. I'm sad to lose the Punisher show. Yeah. I'm very sad to lose the Jessica Jones show. Yeah. 
and Luke Cage for that matter. That for was real. That was yeah. great. But I am happy that it's all under the Sam umbrella. Yeah. Now, and it sucks that we had to wait a few years to get new shows going, and it sucks that some of these shows can't finish the long-form story they were trying to tell. Yeah. But overall, long-term, this is better. It's under the same umbrella. I agree. Same producers. Let's just recast some of these people. Exactly. We're getting a singular vision instead of Netflix's interpretation of what Disney wants Netflix to do with its license. This will lead to better shows. You know, say what you will about Disney, the mega corporation. I'm sure we all have feelings about that. Doesn't mean some good isn't going to come. Because technically this this Netflix stuff was quasi part of the MCU. It was like like B canon, not A canon. But who knows now moving forward. But I've always had qualms with some of the villains in the MCU. They've been pretty weak in some of the movies and I've been very against it. You know, hot take right now, which I don't think is hot at all. Two of the best villains in all the MCU, if not the two best after Thanos, played by Josh Brolin, is uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin and David Tennant's Purple Man. They're like the two best villains I've seen in the modern Marvel universe. Well, <laughs> I think you're forgetting about someone. Who's that? Purely Marvel Marvel universe villains. Well, are we concluding Loki as a villain? Because no, I'm not concluding Loki that. is not a villain. Okay, okay. It is. And this is a hot take. <laughs> Everyone's going to be mad at me for this. This is MCU. This is MCU purely. Okay. Justin Hammer, played by Sam Rockwell. That's I thought he true. was great. So incredibly hateable. You're selling me because- That I, movie wasn't very good. That movie is horrible and he is the best but part Rockwell of that movie. Rockwell is great. He is so hateable. He's electric on the screen too. Yes. And he, he's got that weird, that weird grifter charisma. He does. That we see in places very prominent in the world. You're preaching the choir here. Sam Rockwell is one of my favorite actors of all time. Well, and I just thought that portrayal- uh, It was good. was really good in a bad movie. But how do you beat like Kingpin and, and the Purple Man? Like you those don't. characters. And then Tenet playing Purple Man so well. And I think it's more off the strength of Sam Rockwell's performance than it is the merits of that character. But that's one of the things you can do with that's this true. kind of thing. That's true. Is take someone's standout performance- Yeah. And mold it into something else because you are it. loosely constrained by by the Marvel universe. Yes, but you are not completely constrained. You're telling your own, you're telling your own story using these characters. You're building an entirely new universe here. So it's very similar to the way the Ultimate Universe was formed. It, it's completely different. So we're going to see the same themes. We're going to see what works from the comics. There's no reason we can't explore new things. There's no reason we can't explore Sam Rockwell as Justin Hammer as a major villain in this particular continuity. Yeah. Just a thought. Sorry, that was a complete... My dream is just give me more uh, Kingpin and Purple Man with the same actors. Purple Man's tough. He is. That portrayal was amazing. It was. That is an extremely hard character to write around. Those powers are so hard to properly wrap your head around to write that. Tenet was amazing. I couldn't believe how well they structured that script, how well thought out everything was. I know. And they somehow also sold to modern audiences like full, like unabashed noir style and music too, like for that whole show. It's just part of the show. Like you're hearing noir jazz and then, and her voiceover. When they introduced Jessica Jones to MCP, I (laughs) I know nothing folks. I'm just saying one of these days, it will, it will likely happen. But what we should do we yeah. should do uh we should do maybe some commentary over a couple episodes I love of, it. of her show. That'd be blessed. Yeah, her show was great. it was a great show. It's also coincidentally guys, the alias run by Brian Michael Bendis. It's really great. I own the omnibus, I'm willing to part with it. So just, you know, DM me. There you go. Very good. <laughs> 
in summation, we were talking about She-Hulk, but if you haven't watched all of Daredevil, if you haven't watched Punisher, if you haven't watched Luke Cage, and you haven't watched Jessica Jones, what are you doing? Just go watch all those. You can skip Iron Fist. I'm sorry. You can skip Iron Fist? Then just watch Defenders. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the Defenders... It's not very good, but it's fun. It's a fun bookend. No, it is good. It's not a well-made show. That was that was going to say. <laughs> we were having this discussion off mic. We were. There's a difference between your favorite, something you like, something that's good, sure. and something that's technically good. Right. Like I think Daredevil film. is both technically good and, and I think made. Daredevil and is both exciting. I think Luke Cage was my favorite. I like this. Yeah. Good take. So moving on, Chris, I'm going to let you take the lead here. We had the announcement of the Ironheart show. We have no dates. We have nothing like concrete, but we do have the lead actor, which is a Marvel newcomer, Dominique Thorne. So what are your thoughts on Ironheart? And you could educate... Not only the listener, but me, because, you know, I just like a lot of things in Marvel. I know the visual look. I know the character's name. I know the character's brief backstory. And that's about where I am with Ironheart. And the lead character is Ree Williams. She's a brilliant, young, African-American engineer. Her character came about when Marvel was doing the all new, all different Yes. kind of relaunch and they were putting a lot of these newer characters out there they knew they weren't going to stick as far as having really really long runs of their single issue titles or anything like that they wanted to introduce them get the ball rolling start building a fan base for them so that five six ten years down the line they're headlining their own books it's the evolution of the marvel universe she is one of those characters she's kind of the new iron man pastiche she's mentored by iron man in the comics we're seeing kind of the same themes a lot with these something that got the X-Men over something that got Spider-Man over yeah. with audiences. It's that is Miles the, thing we were talking about not too long ago. Yeah. They're young. Everybody remembers being a teenager and how terrible it is. <laughs> it's something almost everyone can identify with. High school is horrible for almost everyone. Okay. And it's horrible for these kids too, but they're also superheroes. It's just telling these coming of age stories through the superhero lens. It's a tried and true Thing, but it's something that it really endears particular characters to us. I'm glad they're doing it, and I am particularly glad they're introducing the show, mostly because I have her first appearance. Very good. And I just need that to skyrocket in value. So, I love everyone, <laughs> love Riri Williams. Let's make me rich. Well, also, too, Chris, you know, this makes perfect sense in the MCU because Tony Stark has died. Tony Stark is gone. Iron Man is gone at this point in the MCU. So what a perfect point to launch a new show. I think it's great. And once again, it's the same thing we've seen with these other shows. We're getting these actors set up to potentially play these characters for a very long time. So if they do resonate, this is a very long form story we could see. We could see these. Sure. We could be seeing these folks grow up on screen in front of us as well as the characters. That's a really fun prospect. For me. Those are things I enjoy. So let's move on to the next announcement this is wild this one is a little little wild and i think it's kind of telling us where everything is going yeah but this one is going to be secret invasion it is a nick fury series which of course sam jackson we here at fury's (laughs) finest that's right are in line we have submitted everything we need to submit we're here to help it's so true we are fury's loyal soldiers his finest soldiers of course but no i'm i'm really interested in this Based on the way they characterize the scrolls in the Captain Marvel movie. Nice twist on the scrolls. It was a nice twist, but they were you have positive. to remember, that's 20-something years ago, 30 years ago. Right. Things can change. Things may have changed since then. 
something we have to remember going into the future movies. I, I really think that they've been cast as a sympathetic characters at first, but we're going to see over the last 25, 30 years, whatever it is, that they've in, in kind of invaded Earth society. You know, it's going to mirror the, the comics. We're not going to know who's a, who's a Cylon. I don't know. They're all yeah. Cylons. Who's the scroll? Yeah, I think it'd be really fun, Chris, to see a this A-list of an actor, a Sam Jackson-led show. But then, of course, you know, in the post-credit scenes of Spider-Man Far From Home, we see Nick Fury lounging on a scroll spaceship. And that was kind of their way of setting this up, which is interesting. And then, of course, Ben Mendelsohn, who I'm obsessed with. If you haven't seen, of course, Rogue One or The Outsider on HBO, Ben Mendelsohn director Krennic in Rogue One. And of course, in The Outsider, he plays the lead detective on this um, Stephen King horror slash murder investigation. So he's a super capable actor. And of course, he played the scroll Talos in Captain Marvel. And I think Captain Marvel is one of the weaker Marvel movies. Don't at me. It's just true. I liked it. Uh, no, I know. I enjoyed it. Don't get mad at the show. Get mad at Jesse. Well, and it's like what we talked about, Chris. When you're in the 20 to 25 movie range, there's clearly ones that are much worse. You know, I'm looking at you, Iron Man 2 and 3. I'm looking at you, Thor 2. And I'm looking at you, Captain Marvel, even though I really did like some of the parts of how they portrayed her character, the scrolls, the Kree, really cool stuff there. I loved all this cosmic stuff too, but my favorite part of Captain Marvel was actually Ben Mendelsohn playing the scroll, which they turn it on its head. You think he's evil and then you learn he's actually good and his name's Talos, but I think he's going to be a recurring character and he might even become the super scroll later, Chris. I could see them going that route because they've kind of introduced a main scroll to us and it's kind of the way they're feeding it to us. Who knows? Yeah, I could totally see that. Who knows? We'll see that. But Men Mendelssohn is a very capable and very great actor. So him and Sam Jackson working side by side, that just seems interesting. That could be very fun. So that could be good for the show. So we will see, but that's all we know so far. So moving on, Chris, we have the Armor Wars. This is one of the ones that came out of super left field for me. I had no idea they've set up nothing in the movies to show this or anything, but basically... Don Cheadle's returning as War Machine, and it's going to be a comic-inspired event when the Iron Man technology falls into the wrong hands, and it's basically a War Machine-featured show, and guess what, Chris? Sam Rockwell will be will return. You hinted at it earlier. Justin Hammer is coming back. This announcement had Justin Hammer on my brain. There we go. This announcement is what led to that hot take, but I read this, that he's going to be coming back, and I thought, how delightful that's going to be to see him... Yeah. In that character again, that just that brazen, completely self-absorbed, 100% bravado character. It's it's very captivating on screen. It makes for a great villain. Yeah. It's fun. And I was going to say classic Sam Rockwell, too. Good for him. He gets to come back to the MCU and make money because when Iron Man 2 came out, Chris, the MCU had none of the breadth and sort of like mass appeal and money that it does now. It was so early on. It was a cute little thing back then. It was. It was like, oh, was a, Marvel fans. We'll see, we'll see if it works out. <laughs> it's for the comic nerds. And now my mom likes it. That's right. So, so Sam Rockwell is going to get a bigger check. I pray and hope. Good as for he, him, as man. He, should. he deserves it. Make that money. Get that bag, Sam. But classic him, man. He's he's always on stuff on the initial page. You know, he's always launching things. He's always on these low budget films and these shows. And when they first happen, and he made it happen early on. I'm glad he's coming back. So interested to see what that is, is about. I'm I'm very excited that he's returning. And of course, War Machine, like Don Cheadle returning too. Good stuff. So. We've got two announcements that I'm very excited about, Chris, as you can imagine. I, I'm, I'm losing my mind. You get these. I'm taking over on the next So ones. James Gunn is coming back not only to do Guardians 3, which was fully announced, which is great, but he's doing 
and Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, just right in line with the Star Wars holiday special. This is going to be a really interesting live action holiday special with these beloved guardians. And he said he's been working on this story for years. He's happy to bring it to people. And it's going to be a special. It's going to be like, just like the holiday special for Star Wars, this goofy one-off thing. And it's just done. I'm very excited for this. It's going to be very fun. I can't wait. I will be imbibing adult substances. That's right. Yeah, we have this, to. And I'm just going to have a great time. I'm going to hopefully watch it with my roommates. Yeah. And just have a great time. I'm hyped on that. I wonder if they're going to lean into the cheese, Chris. Like the Star Wars holiday they special was to. so bad. James Gunn has leaned into the cheese yes. in the movies. But this will be more. Has to be. Just think about the closing music video in Guardians 2. Right. Just think about Batista's Dave Batista. Sorry. <laughs> And the opening music video. I know him of, as Batista. Of Baby Groot dancing. Yeah, we've got a lot of things happening. But Yeah, he he leans into this stuff in, in a really great way. He leans into it in a respectful way. I'm a fan. And continuing with this Guardians news, we also got the announcement of the I Am Groot show, which is going to follow around Little Groot played by Vin Diesel, on misadventures and him encountering alien species, doing different things. I'm not ready for this, Chris. I hope this is a kid's show. <laughs> I mean, it'll be one I watch. Look, uh, we're all going to watch. It. I'm very excited. In a weird way, I'm kind of the most excited for this one. I is, think we is all what are. I'm trying to say. If you see the art for it, Chris, I, I mean, haven't. I haven't. This is it's just phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I am Groot. It's in this crazy font. It's got his limbs going through the letters. It's just I am Groot. The branding on these shows is incredible every show is so marvel and so different like the she hulk we didn't talk about earlier but like the spray paint sort of like vibe we've got going with she hulk a lot of good things but yeah we got to move on from guardians because we know less information but james gunn's coming the i am groot short show is gonna be really fun what more can be said well i'm taking over now oh because these next two announcements (laughs) are near and dear yeah, these guys have to be heart. separated out. There's too much to, to bite onto with these. Chris, I will say, it seems like fans got the better of this first announcement because if you were on Twitter the week leading up to these announcements, people were loading up pictures of Haley Steinfeld in a pretty iconic costume with an iconic looking golden retriever and a bow and arrow, and people had suspicions. It's really interesting bringing this full circle, Chris, because I was talking about how I want Haley Steinfeld to return as Gwen in Spider-Verse 2. I think she will. I want her to return maybe as Gwen in the MCU. It's probably not happening now. Doesn't need to. No. Because she is going to be Kate Bishop. That's right. Lucky the pizza dog is here. Ladies and gentlemen, I am just over the moon for this. I don't know how they're going to do it because this is tying in Ultimate Universe Hawkeye with 616 Universe Hawkeye. Well, let's talk about the name. It's called Hawkeye. Well, they're both Hawkeye. I know. And the art is incredible. Kate Bishop, of course, everyone is Hawkeye. All new, all different Hawkeye. The art is exactly yes. from the Matt Fraction it is. Hawkeye run. What are we thinking? We're thinking here that this is going to be during the snap, that we're going to get similar themes from the Matt Fraction Hawkeye run, which the whole idea behind that was this is Hawkeye when he's not an Avenger. He ends up taking on the Mafia, which leads into taking Ronan. on Madame Mask, Kate Bishop, Young Hawkeye is introduced 
kind of weird. I think she's like 19, 20 in that one. In the all new, all different, I think she's a little younger. So her age changes a little bit because there is a little bit of sexual tension between her and Clint, mostly on Clint's end. But this is Ultimate Universe Hawkeye. Clint's got the family. So Clint has a family. Yeah. So none of that weirdness. Well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We don't know what way it's going to go. We don't know how they're going to do this. Him mentoring her is cool. Yeah, that is one of my most loved Marvel comics Absolutely. ever. I am so excited about this. I have been on the hunt for a Kate Bishop first appearance for a little while now. Right. And this is going to make it to where I can't have one for even longer because it's going to skyrocket in price. Of course. Based on this announcement. And Jeremy Renner's returning as Hawkeye. And of course, to... Fans have been wanting a long time to see maybe more of Hawkeye and Black Widow's past. Who knows? We might get some of this too in the show. I think we're mainly going to get that in the Black Widow movie, which I think is a curveball we're not ready for. I think we're going to get him. We're going to get Black Widow Hawkeye movie, honestly. That'd be cool. We'll see. Professionals. I think it's going to be the next Black Widow movie is going to be Black Widow and Hawkeye. I will preface before this next announcement. The lead actor still has not been named, and I think that's intentional. I think it's a great decision they're making. We've heard rumors it could be Oscar Isaac. I think it's a great idea, but we still don't know for sure because once again, Chris, Disney Marvel has not made the announcement. I do the same thing with Star Wars. Until StarWars.com has made the announcement, I am not locked into who's playing the character. But the show has been announced, and if you read their official social media and everything, it says an original series about a complex vigilante will be coming to Disney+. Plus. That's all they give us. And what's the name of the show, Chris? Well, it's going to be Moon Knight. Moon Knight is my favorite C-list Marvel hero. <laughs> C-list. That would make him an A-list for you. Exactly. He is 100%. He has arguably one of the coolest costumes in all of superhero history. Well, he's had quite a few costumes. And then, of course, when Warren Ellis did the all white with the thick black outlines, That's what I'm that was about. super cool. There's the cape. Uh, anyway, Moon Knight, the reason he's so near and dear to my heart. I'm going to level with you guys. I'm going to be 100 honest or 100% honest so with this you. This is a leveling episode. This is this not is a standard a format. Episode. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull back the curtain a little bit into Chris's personal life. Moon Knight is a character that struggles a lot, a lot, a lot with mental illness. Right. And depression is something I have dealt with since I was a wee lad. And Moon Knight has always appealed to me based on how tough of a time he has had to figure out what is real every story of his he deals with maybe he is a knight of no shoe an ancient egyptian god maybe he's a schizophrenic with powers we don't know all the time that's very okay different egos he's a movie star he's a cab driver not only that but one of my favorite artists greg smallwood wrote one of the more recent moon knight runs that is just i have some of the art hanging in my house signed by greg and Moon Knight is just a character that's near and dear to my heart. I am so excited for this show. Yeah. This is the one I am also, coincidentally, the most nervous for. Of course. Because I have the hardest I to have, pull off. Right. It's going to be hard to pull off. I have a lot of emotional attachment to this character. Usually I detach a lot, mm. let the creator tell the story they want to tell with the, whatever version of the character they want me to see, and then I'll make my judgment after. But this one's going to be tough for me. Welcome to being a 30 year Star Wars fan. That's what Chris is. Chris. <laughs> 
That's that's well, my life. My my Star Wars uh, oh, fandom is a podcast it's growing. for a different time. Well, it's growing, but I, you just kind of growing. It's huge now. Yeah, huh? I know. You quantified my thirty year obsession with Star Wars, though. A lot of excitement and nervousness always with these type of things. Yeah, Chris, and I, I think Moon Knight's really near and dear to me too because I want to learn more about him because you know, for a decade I was a mental health professional working in that field, and I think the concept of one of the unspoken bonds we've always had. It's true, and my clientele were specifically the most schizophrenic and the most mentally ill in all of Tulsa. So it's very near and dear to my heart, mental health, awareness, treating it, like everything. Families having knowledge when when they feel helpless, you know, all these things. People having the tools to to learn about how everyone has mental health struggles. All these things are very important and near and dear to my heart. Minor all the way to the most severe. And yeah, Moon Knight's just such an interesting character. You know, you've got also like some of the Batman things going on. Like you've got some complex stories on top of this super complex character. And you know, of course, if this character comes to MCP, I guarantee Atomic Mass will do a, a great job of conveying this sort of crazy and dynamic aspects of this character that I, I can't even wrap my head around the design they would go. And I can't wait. I just can't wait. I'm not even going to guess. I'm just very curious to see what version of the character we get. He's been around for a long time. It's true. Oh, and I'm obsessed with Egyptian mythology. Side note, if anyone knows Great. anything about it. It's my personal favorite. And this is someone who studied Greek mythology in high school and college extensively. So I just, the Egyptian stuff is just so strange and interesting chris like that that existed in our world at one point it's just such a wild oh, i thing. love i love pantheon yeah it's wild side note <laughs> you like you like pantheons you like mythology read the wicked and the divine oh yeah oh yeah i read it oh, uh it's, it's an image title my wife gave it to me once again those image comics nailing that that feel there's that creator feel. owned comics man letting letting creators play in space that's what i've been talking about this episode it's very good so chris closing out that's all the shows that are announced which is incredibly exciting but we've got to talk about they just kind of briefly went over some of the movies that are coming out so starting with the first movie that they announced captain marvel 2 they also announced that monica rambeau will be introduced in WandaVision, and then she will make her first film appearance in Captain Marvel 2. Monica coming to the MCU, but you know, of course, she's going to be introduced to us as viewers of WandaVision, and then she's going to be in Captain Marvel 2. Brie Larson will return as Captain Marvel. All good stuff here, right? We knew this was coming, but it's nice that we've seen the title. We know it's coming. Moving on, Chris, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, like I said, is coming out in 2022, is directed by Sam Raimi. It will dive into a lot of horror sci-fi themes. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to this film the most, honestly, out of all this stuff. So also they announced Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. So they're getting just crazy, Chris, with the Ant-Man and Wasp Quantum Realm stuff. They also announced that Cassie will be gone Ant-Man's adventures with him. I don't know. It's a crazy thing because will we get like new takes on things or Catherine Newton plays Cassie in her older form, Cassie Lang, of course. And uh, will we get Cassie as a superhero, some wasp type character? I don't know. I'm interested. They also announced the Eternals movie, which has been in development for some time. I'm excited about this. Very excited for this Marvel cosmic. Are you kidding me? I don't know what they're going to do. This though, opens Chris. up so many avenues for me because we know I want annihilation on the big screen. We all do. Gotta have Richard Riders, Nova. Yeah. My Marvel General they, they, Grievous. Like, I mean, that could be, yes. <laughs> Annihilus. This could absolutely be Marvel Phase 5. It's know. coming at some point yeah, off the future. at some point. I'm very excited for that. Of course, something else we've got going on is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten 
Rings. It's done. It's coming soon, apparently. Within so, like a year or so, Master of Kung Fu is being turned into a movie. How cool is that? An MCU Marvel Kung Fu movie. And talk about this representation, awesome. Chris. It's a it's an Asian director. It's an all Asian cast. It's an all martial arts crew doing this film in the MCU. They did it right. Does this lead to Iron Fist on the big screen? I think so. Probably. Oh, I can't wait. I if we can ready. get that immortal Iron Fist. On the big screen, that Matt Fraction run. If we can get Iron Fist's living weapon. Look, Danny Rand is a cool character. The Netflix series did not properly show us this. No. But guys, Immortal Iron Fist. Hop on Marvel Unlimited. Read that. It is amazing. Yeah, and we know Iron Fist is on the Defenders team for MCP. So eventually we know he's coming one day to the game. So I'm ready for Chris to school me on Iron Fist. Sell me on the character. I'm into it now, but I, I want to be really into it like Chris is. And that show did not do it for me. That run is near and dear to me because like Rick Remender's Uncanny X-Men, that is one of the first runs that got me back into comics. Yes. In a similar way that CM Punk got me back into professional wrestling. Okay. You know, it's always going to be a special, special thing to me. Looping back a little bit, Chris, I forgot to mention they also announced that Kang the Conqueror will be introduced in the Ant-Man film. So excited. And it seems like Kang's going to come around in a lot of other films too. If they do Kang right, he is going to show up all the time over the next 10 years. Played by Jonathan Majors. So a couple more announcements, Chris, I'm super excited about. Two that really speak to me on a certain level and one that I know is huge, but maybe not as much for me. Let's start low, even though this is super high to me. So Taika is coming back to direct Thor 4. As we know, it's called Thor Love and Thunder. Thor will be the first Marvel character to get a fourth film, by the way. Keep that in mind. Because 3 was so good. Isn't that wild, though? Could it's you so have, good. Could you have guessed that? No. No one would have guessed that. The first two Thor movies? And it's going to be Jason Aaron Thor, oh, which I know well, you're all about. Oh, well, you know... My close personal friend, Jason Aaron. <laughs> no, I've met I've met Jason a couple times. He's a very, very nice dude. He's good. We share a love of uh, New Japan professional wrestling. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. I say Jason Aaron Ryan because they announced that Christian Bale is going to be the villain in Love and Thunder. So we already know that Jane Foster and Valkyrie are going to be lead roles in this alongside Thor. And now we have Christian Bale playing a villain. Are we working to a Jane Foster as Thor television show I can or, see that. or movie superstar power here we got natalie portman well i'm so excited to see christian bale mcu i'm so excited to see him play this god killer character yes jason aaron's thor god of thunder is a very excellent thor story all of jason aaron's thor is a very excellent thor story right he of course is the writer that brought us jane foster as thor but it took years to get there it did he built that story for a very long time and it is very worth the read and there's some incredible art along the way from a multitude of different artists stelfries being the most recent at the end of the run and it was fantastic the colors in the war of the realm storyline is just they're just fantastic well and taika returning chris i'm, I'm a taika fanboy and tessa thompson taking a more once again a lead role in this oh, Valkyrie. she could get a she could get a show or a movie she should for me like I i'd watch it very into that so finishing this out with a couple announcements and one that speaks to me on a very different level as chris knows i'm our resident horror fan and fan of all things other comic lines like image and vertigo when they lean more into the horror and you know maybe more cerebral elements but it's cool when they announce things but when you get full art you get full announcements it's even more exciting and that of course i'm referring to is blade being played by mahershala ali academy award-winning actor i'm so ready for this blade is such an interesting character in comics and to bring blade 
to this MCU, it makes more sense now, Chris, than it ever has before. We heard about this a while ago. We didn't have like context to frame it. So what we have now is we have the Mandalorian season two. We have the announcement of 10 new Star Wars shows. Then we have the announcement of 10 new Marvel shows. And it's seeming really clear now that a mature show like Blade that's pretty different from most Marvel content can fit in this universe. And I'm, I'm all for it. Interested to see what they do. But most importantly, I'm interested to see Mahershala Ali. He's one of the best living actors today. And I'm really excited to see him play this character that's so near and dear to me. Blade's awesome. I loved what the Wesley Snipes Blade movies. Of course. They're my so fu fun. movie of love. It's shown in those films. I'm very excited for this as well. And Mahershala Ali is, a, like I said, an Academy Award winning actor. And, and Wesley Snipes never was. He was leaning more into the physicality martial arts side. So I'm kind of interested to see Mahershala step up his martial arts, which he probably will. He's that type of guy. But then he's already got this acting level. And where do they go with the show? Where, where are we Let's at? Let's be honest. This is also going to introduce the Marvel monsters. It is. So this could possibly lead to my ultimate dream for the MCU. Don't let me tell you otherwise. I will tell you <laughs> I have another ultimate dream as soon as something else gets on my mind. Sure. But right now, in this moment, Frankencastle. I, I know. Talked about I was it. waiting for I it. I talked about it on the Frank Castle episode. But Frankencastle, undead <laughs> Frank Castle. That's terrifying. Defending, defending all of the horror creatures that live under New York City that are not Morlocks. They live in different sewers. Yeah. Not but the all the monsters, it's fun, it's delightful. Can't wait. But, I mean, on the real, though, there is a real Dracula in Marvel. Yeah, and the Mor and Morbius there, stuff, there is, Morbius. Yeah, Morbius. There are Marvel vampires. We're starting to get into some of the more obscure Marvel stuff. And, I mean, something else that I wanted to mention earlier. We've had the Inhuman show. It was, we're going to forget about it. Didn't watch any of it. It was a colossal flop. Right. But this is going to introduce the uh, MCU umbrella of inhumans so it probably will we're getting this new phase is really taking a risk in introducing some really nerdy deep cuts yeah and not on the side of deep cuts but third time's the charm chris and to close out all these crazy announcements we have the director of spider-man 2 far from home was officially announced to be directing fantastic four to the mcu third time's the charm we've tried it so many times it's failed so many times I've said this I know a million times. They're going to knock this out of the park. If they cast it right and they follow their MCU formula, it's going to be great. That's really all they have to do. If they cast it right, which it seems like they usually cast it right. The last poor Fantastic Four movie did have some pretty good castings. Yeah. Michael B. Jordan was an interesting Michael casting. Michael B. Jordan, excellent casting. A lot of people have brought out some really interesting ideas for casting more than just visual look some some ideas and I'm, I'm i'm here for a lot of it because if these take off chris like they're gonna take off these fantastic four things i can 100 percent see the fantastic four taking off and like they, people they have, used to be yeah used people have suggested some culture force man they were huge and they're some of my least favorite parts of marvel and that's that's not a slide in them. well that's because you haven't read the hickman run well, it's true. And I and and Doctor Doom is an incredible villain. He's my favorite villain. Yeah, I'm so. getting a Doctor Doom tattoo. Yeah, very good. Galactus, Doctor Doom, and Sabretooth. It's not so much I have anything against the Fantastic Four. It's just they're lower on my list, and that's fine. And But, you know, I, the I MCU really could change think, my opinions. I really think, and I'm looking forward to this, I think your opinion will be changed. Oh, I think it will, too. And the more Doom I read, the more it has changed. I used to feel the same way about the Fantastic Four. Once you get the right Fantastic Four story okay. and realize... All of the themes and the complex characters that are going on, you've got a lot. It's true. They are very dense when told properly. I mean, we've got marriage dynamics, parent dynamics. Yeah. You've got all 
kinds of things on top of all the superhero stuff on top of Johnny Storm yeah being, the guy you, is you know <laughs> well yeah he's he's famous he's he is how crazy is this Chris that we had Chris Evans as Johnny Storm and has come full circle then he became Cap and the MCU and then we're getting new Fantastic Four without the Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four movies the MCU would not exist we all know this because they were so successful especially That's the right. Spider-Man films and it's so interesting that like Chris Evans played such an iconic character like Johnny Storm, but then he played the leader of the MCU in a weird, in a weird way, Steve Rogers. He's one of the reasons the MCU worked. Tony Stark and Captain America, we as we know, Robert Downey and Chris Evans, and then now Chris Hemsworth, like we talked about. It's a I really, force. really believe this. Those three characters, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, those are the big three of the Avengers. Yeah. That's kind of been lost to time. That's a very 60s and 70s type feeling that they're the, the big three. Those three actors made those characters the big three again. Iron Man has a gravitas in comics now that he has not had for 50 years. And he's getting new issues that are like trying new things. I mean, it's things like the Jason Aaron Thor we're talking about, like, the chances they can take because characters are coming back in the limelight, even when they weren't that popular. Like even when Chris was still figuring out the role himself, he didn't love Thor early on. And he said when he started filming Thor Ragnarok, he was telling himself after this and the infinity war storyline, I'm done with Thor. I did my best. It was fun, you know, but I'm done with this. He did Thor Ragnarok and he's like, it was the most fun I had my entire life. I know the character. I understand the character now. And then he went into Infinity War and Endgame. He does too. You, you and can then see he, that light. And he's renewed. That he's, has turned on. He's ready. In that movie. <laughs> I told you why I love Infinity War and Endgame. Like the Thor arc is so incredible. Like him being not being worthy or thinking he's not worthy. Him not killing Thanos. He saves the day at the end of Infinity War and then doesn't actually kill Thanos. And then of course we see the fat Thor later. And it's this incredible story with the character and he's ready to play more and more of the character. And it's great because I'm ready for him to, we've lost the other two rightfully. So, and that's okay. Yeah. They've done an amazing job. I'm, I'm excited to see the MCU move in a way that comics don't. Yes. Comics. They can be more together. They always return to the mean. They always return to that baseline. The MCU is going to be a constantly evolving thing for as long as they run it. It'll stop one day. Yeah. It's going to wear out. It's welcome. It will end one day. Yes. It will have low points. It's going to be a ride. It's not going to be what we have right now for forever. Right. But I am very excited to see it change. I'm very excited for these highs that we're going to ride before the downtimes that are that are inevitable. It's true. I'm going to enjoy it very, very, very much. It's already lived way further than we ever would have thought. I mean, Iron Man came out in 2008. Kids that were 10, 12 then, Chris now are in their mid 20s that is insane like they have lived this mcu they have grown up with it and now they're in their 20s you know still much younger than us but it's like they're huge fans they're ready to keep it going for another 10 20 years as fans like and everybody loves it we you and i were talking about off mic like our parents love this stuff they might not get it all at a certain level but it's like they watch it all. So the money is coming in. Well, it's the big movies. But that's why this stuff can happen. That's why we can get a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special because the big movies have done so well on a right. general scale. Now but, we can please fans in a weird way. I also feel like that's why this next phase is more of a risk. We're, we're introducing some deep cuts. It's the most exciting phase. I don't think my mom is really ready for a Moon Knight show. No, but maybe that Loki show with Owen Wilson. I will not be surprised if she watches the 
all of the MCU shows. Mm. I will not be surprised one bit. I don't think she's ready for Moon Knight, though. Right. Or the Blades of the World. Like, there, there's some strange things right. coming out. We're that getting are not some in really, line. some really Marvel deep cuts before we're getting some other more well-known assets, which is really interesting. It almost makes you feel like they're saving that X-Men. That's what I was going to say. It's paving the way for X-Men. Well, we're paving the way, but it also feels like maybe we're saving that for later when we need a shot in the arm. A safe reboot of the MCU. Right. In a weird way. Man, Chris, this has been a fun episode. There's so many exciting announcements. We could go on and on, but we have to stop ourselves because we have to record regular episodes of the podcast. We have to. So we appreciate you guys going on this journey with us listening as we talk about our excitement our initial thoughts of these announcements there's so many things more we could say we could do whole episodes on these and we're going to save that for later and real quick guys if you could do us a favor if you do like this if you if you like us covering more of this kind of thing please let us know we're very willing to do some more content like this we're very willing to break the just deep dive format and do some more casual stuff just let us know if you guys are digging this, if you think more people would dig it outside of just MCP purview. That's right. Feel free to let us know. If you're not, let us know so that we won't waste your time. We hope you guys enjoyed it. So once again, our show is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can go to patreon.com slash finest to support the show. Patreon's making things like this happen. We can devote extra time on top of our regular format and our regular recording schedule to do things like this. You can follow the show on social media at Fury's Finest Cast on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Fury's Finest. You can always email us at furiesfinest at gmail.com. Continue to leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out as we've talked about. And follow our Twitch page at twitch.tv slash finest. We're really waiting for COVID to let up so we can actually stream again. It's going to be a really exciting time. So make sure you're subscribed there. So when we do stream, you can follow me, Jesse, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Jesse Aiken. That, of course, is J-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. And check out my Star Wars podcast, Project Starhawk, all about Star Wars Squadrons, which we're going to have a lot to say there soon because crazy new update to the game. And then, of course, the Ken Cantina as we're doing these deep dives into the Mandalorian season two so if you like star wars story you like star wars legends and canon check out the canon cantina chris where can people find you you can find me on twitter at chris breffett c-h-r-i-s-b-r-u-f-f-e-t-t thanks for listening true believers excelsior